I'm Nicholas Penrake and you're listening to A Trader's Life, the podcast where I get to talk to successful traders about their approach to trading, how they started out and went from broke or breaking even to pulling in thousands of dollars a week. Trading is a tough game. They say only around 5% of those who try actually make a profit. Join me for A Trader's Life to glean some valuable insights from the market wizards I get to talk to. Hey traders, welcome to A Trader's Life. Now before we get started, as we all know, a lot can go wrong in trading. Some days you can find yourself gasping for breath and telling yourself you need a complete break from it. Okay, well, take a look at this. It's a way of making passive income by taking a stake in the crypto space, but it doesn't require you to trade crypto. The company in question is called Yield Nodes, and essentially what these guys do is provide cutting-edge services to the blockchain network, such as maintaining e-wallets and that kind of thing. It's very easy to get set up on the platform, and the returns are truly exceptional, averaging around 10% per month. Once you factor in compounding, you could be looking at just north of 200% per annum. Here's another thing I think is really important. Yield nodes have allowed members to audit their incomings and outgoings, and they've found them to be entirely transparent. I personally think this is an exciting proposition, and if you sign up through my link instead of the usual minimum deposit of 500 euros, you can make a start with just 50 euros. So why not plant a seed today with yield nodes and see what grows from there? The link to make a note of is yieldnodes.com slash life, and you can find the link in the show notes. Why are there so few women traders compared to men? Well, women are more sensible, you might reply. Trading is a high-risk game, so most women steer clear of it. That's another reply. Some women, though, are perhaps born to trade, as is the case with my next guest, Karen Fu. Karen's parents are traders and investors, so for Karen, growing up in Singapore, trading seemed a logical choice for a career. She began trading at university, where she excelled in trading contests, and after a few short years, became an inspiration to many young women interested in giving trading a go. Karen Fu. Hi, Karen. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me, Nicholas. Sure. And you're over in Singapore, yeah? Yep, I am. Yeah, we've had uh, a few problems, haven't we, already, <laughs> trying to get a a clean audio and we're now on Zoom, which is not ideal, but uh, mm-hmm. we will uh, soldier on. As well as being a trader, you're a motivational speaker. You're quite famous, as it were, for uh, having started with a small Forex account and made a small fortune, I believe. Um, I started with a small Forex account and then blow a few accounts. I think about five to six, I think 10 accounts. I don't recall the number. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but, yeah, but I started becoming profitable after I put in $1,000 because the first few accounts were like $100, $50. It's not significant. So Yeah, you can't do much with that, can you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So were you um, trading at a sort of typical leverage of 130 or, or was it bigger? I used to trade with super high leverage when I first started, which yeah. is, Jeez. I, I'll go up to 1 is to 100. But right now I try to go lower, 1 is to 20, 1 is to 10. I don't need that high leverage 
especially when at the larger accounts. Well, obviously, the higher the leverage, you know, the more risk. Um, so when you when you started to get a breakthrough, were you on like one to a hundred? It was lower than that. It was around one is to fifty. I try not to over leverage because high leverage did not really help me. It just helped me blow my account. That's all. One is one hundred. One is two hundred. Those are too high for me. In fact. A lot of the successful traders that I know, they don't use high leverage. They use one is to 20 and below. So yeah, okay. I try to follow that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So tell me how you got into trading in the first place. So basically, it all started when I was born because I was born to a family. My parents, they are stock investors. So they are already in the financial market. So they were the ones who introduced to me the financial markets. And then, because the way they taught me is very informal, it's just face-to-face -face chatting. There's no classes to attend. They're not teachers. So they just taught me how to use the platforms and how to look at stocks. Then I became interested in it. Then I went to university to pursue a degree in banking and finance. That was where I learned about all the other financial markets. And after that, I tried to apply whatever that I've learned. I also joined a few trading competitions back in university and then I managed to represent my university to rank number one in the whole of Singapore and I was grateful for that because in my first few trading competitions I did not do so well so after I ranked number one in Singapore for the competition after that I joined a lot of international trading contests and then I ranked number 10 out of 3,000 traders from over 30 countries, but it took a lot of practice, a lot of hard work to get there. Yeah. So that's my journey. Okay, yeah. Perhaps we could drill down to the, some of the detail in that. Um, so, you know, you had parents who were in the financial world. You must have obviously sort of, uh, almost by a process of osmosis, kind of started mm -hmm. to learn from them. Uh, but then yeah. you started with Forex um, and you started with these small accounts. What was your tuition, if any? I mean, did you just go out there and look at lots of YouTube videos or read um, newsletters and books, or did you have a mentor? Yes, I did. I have a mentor who taught me gold trading initially. So he introduced to me how to trade gold and silver. And then at that point in time, I was still in university pursuing my finance degree. So in my finance degree, it was three years. There was a couple of modules that were talking about international finance and in those modules we need to learn about currency trading then I was like hey you know what this is actually pretty interesting then I started to dabble into it but basically I started with a mentor I think I paid two thousand dollars for my mentor okay and he taught me a lot of things he was actually my swim team's grandfather is is because I was a swim team back in I was a swimmer back in school so there was a swimmer friend of mine who taught me, you know what, my dad is a trader, so why not you learn from him? So that's how I got started. Yeah. I never read any books or anything like that. Yeah, okay. And what kinds of things did you learn from him? So basically what I learned from him is, because he taught me gold trading, is mainly technical analysis, how to choose a big, a good broker, not big, a good broker, and then also how to use the platforms. It's basically very hands-on, and then at that point in time, because I was still in university pursuing my finance degree, that was where I learned the theoretical aspects of it. So I learned the theoretical aspects of financial markets in university, and then I learned the practical side from my mentor. 
Yeah. So did you start off with like indicators, moving averages, um, support and resistance, this kind of thing? Um, yeah, of course. So the first few indicators he taught me were in uh, moving averages. Yep. But the numbers that he used is very, very uh, different from other traders. One of the moving averages he uses is uh, 84, 84. So a lot of people, they use 100 SMA, then 200 SMA, but he's using 84. So I just take it because he's the pro. So I just learned from him. And aside from that, he also taught me how to read candlestick patterns, candlestick signals. And then he also taught me, yep, support resistance, how to trade breakouts and also how to trade retracement. So basically it's very simple, just moving averages, support resistance, and then a few calculations to calculate momentum. And he also has a special way to calculate momentum. But the main indicators are support resistance and moving averages and candlestick patterns. Which uh, Forex pairs did you start off with? So I started off with, you know, the major pairs, Euro dollar, yeah, yeah. dollar yen, and then pound dollar, as well yeah. as pound yen. Which pair did you find you had the most success with generally? So I started with Euro dollar and dollar yen, and those are the few most liquid pairs. So those are the pairs that worked well for me initially. But as I grew and learned more along the way as a trader, I started to pick up other cross currency pairs like Aussie Yen and then Aussie Dollar. But New Zealand Dollar, I don't really like it because it's too volatile for me. And then <laughs> yeah. Swiss Franc, yep, Swiss Franc yeah. also is a little bit too, too volatile for me. So I try not to touch New Zealand Dollar and Swiss Franc. But Aussie Dollar is what I like, Canadian Dollar, Euro, USD, and then Pound, which is still okay. Yep, these are the few currencies that I dabble with nowadays. Pound yen is also quite volatile, isn't it? As a pair, I mean, definitely the key mm -hmm. is yeah. volatile race when it, mm -hmm. when it moves, moves fast. Um, mm -hmm. Which is nice if you're on the right side of it, of course, but if you're on the wrong mm -hmm. side, of it, mm -hmm. yeah. Yep, okay. So, okay. Over time, how, is it, how, how have you kind of refined your strategy? I mean, you know, have you built up, obviously, all traders have good days and bad days and it's all about consistency mm -hmm. isn't it building up over time but ha have you mm -hmm. had a sort of plan for that so i did a lot of back testing during my university days so i spent a weekend just looking at chart and and testing many different strategies to find out which one i'm comfortable with so it's a lot of back testing a lot of demo trading to test out the strategies that work for me and also those that suit my trading personality because I find that there are certain indicators, it just doesn't feel right for me. I mean, it might work for other people, but when I use it, I'm like, you know what, it doesn't feel right. For example, MACD is a momentum indicator, which I'm sure you know. And then there are other momentum indicators like RSI, CCI. Other people use RSI, MACD a lot, but personally, I prefer CCI. So because I'm very comfortable with it, so that's what I use. So it's a lot of backtesting and demo training to test out different strategies. Okay, sorry, I missed uh, what you said there. Which, which one do you prefer? CCI. CCI, I don't know that one. What, what does that mm. stand for? Uh, that's Commodity Channel Index, if I'm not wrong. Commodity Channels Index, yep. Okay. Would that suggest that you use that for commodities only or it's useful for everything else as well? I use it for Forex, for stocks as well, and commodities. Okay. And which commodities do you trade? The usual one, gold. 
as well as once in a while I trade oil, but sometimes it's too volatile for me. So right now I'll just look at gold and also use it for intermarket analysis because I trade Aussie yen and Aussie dollar, so I need gold prices to track the correlations and also sentiment. Okay. Uh, for the listeners, uh, they might not be aware of the correlation. Could you explain what that is? Mm -hmm. So basically, in the financial markets, there are relationships. So when two markets, they are positively correlated, it means that these two markets would move in the same direction. So when these two markets, they are negatively correlated, then they would move in the opposite direction most of the time. But there are no two markets would move in the same direction and opposite direction all the time because there's no perfect correlation. So a very good and strong correlation is something that is above 80% and below negative 80%. So if, if the listeners want to know more about correlations or intermarket analysis, there's a YouTube video that I've made. Just type in intermarket analysis, Kenfu, and you'll be able to find it and so you've gone on to you know you've done these contests and done very mm -hmm. well and then of course you've got your youtube channel and i understand you now also do some sort of motivational speaking right in schools and events i used to do a lot of it but right now i don't really do it anymore because there are some people who say um why are you talking about so cheesy things then i'm like Okay, then let me just focus on what I know, which is technical stuff. Okay. Because that's what most people want. So once in a while, I still do motivational speeches like once a year. But when I first started out, I used to do very often, like once every few months. But now I don't really do it anymore. So yeah, just okay. leave it there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So are you trading full time now by yourself? Yeah, I'm just trading full time, staying at home. And it can get kind of boring, but you know, you get used to it. I mean, just staying at home. Are some of your friends also traders? Are you part of any kind of group you know, in your part of the world? Most of them are traders. I, I still stay in touch with some of my school friends from back then when I was in studying in university, but most of them, 90% of them are traders. Right now in July, 2021, what, Forex pairs are of interest to you right now. I mean, I, I myself noticed that the yen has suddenly got strong against most of the pairs, you know, the CAD and the, even the pound and, and the Australian and so on. What's your reading of what's going on? What, what are you taking an interest in? I mean, recently VIX has been, been retracing a little bit. So you will see currency pairs like Aussie yen and Aussie dollar also following suit because it tends to move in the opposite direction. So VIX, when it goes down and retraces down, normally you see currency pairs like Aussie dollar and Aussie yen going up because of the lower lower fear that the VIX implies. So I'll still, still stick to the normal pairs that I normally look at, which is Aussie dollar and Aussie yen, as well as Canadian dollar and Canadian yen. So normally I look at the stock market to gauge where these currency pairs are going to go because these currency pairs tend to track the risk sentiment and also they can become risk barometers, very good risk barometers. So this this is this comes down to intermarket analysis. So this is what I need to look at every day, which is the 
VIX indicators and also stock market as well as CRB index, which is important for me as well, to gauge the overall sentiment. And I can say that I cannot predict what's going to happen in the future, what I can do is just trade based on probability, based on what sentiment is telling me at this moment, and also based on what technicals are telling me at this moment. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, if we take CAD yen, it, it hit a very strong resistance level fairly recently, and now it's, mm-hmm. it's beginning to come down. Um, do you yep. see a correlation there with what's going on in the VIX? Why do you think the yen recently has been getting stronger? Any ideas? Um, can be due to many different reasons because right now the big macro picture is the pandemic. So a shift in cases, a rise in cases can have a big impact on risk sentiment. So because yen is deemed as a safe haven by a lot of investors, so you see a certain amount of capital flowing into yen and this can be one of the reasons despite the fact that recently Fed signal that they are going to raise interest rate in the next few years. But again, that only has a short-term impact on the currency pass. Yeah. So you think the Olympics got to focus on the big picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think the Olympics has got anything to do with it? Uh, yeah, of course. Of course, that will have an effect on the capital flow to yen. Do you trade stocks as well? Once in a while, I trade stocks. But mainly I trade the blue chip stocks. Blue okay. chip stocks. Yeah. And, and are you like more like a swing trader? With stocks, you know, yep. holding for a few weeks yep. rather than a day or two. Yep, I'm more of a swing trader than a day trader. Okay, yeah. And do you do you discuss all this kind of thing with your parents? I mean, do you get tips from your mom and dad, or just your dad? I get tips from my mom because my biological father he has some some um he divorced actually they divorced ten years ago. Okay. And. My biological father is he's a gambler, so he goes to casino a lot. So the sad thing is that he tends to take that habit into stock market. So right now my mom is a better stock investor than my dad because my dad gambles the stock market, which is not good. Uh-huh. And he kinda lost a lot of money. He even lost our house, his whole entire family. Oh my then God. Uh, it was really bad. So I learned from him what not to do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I learned from my mom what to do because she's very prudent. She's very good in managing risk. She don't take too much risk. She's very careful. And yeah, that that's... Yeah. And when my mom calls me... Nice. When my mom, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I, I have to say, you know, mm-hmm. speaking with both men and women traders, Everyone seems to agree women are kind of more cautious and in some sense make better traders because because they're cautious. They're more they're more conscious of risk and they manage it better than men. I mean, it's obviously a generalization, but it's interesting. Yeah. You know, we have those sort of natural temperaments that are slightly different that way. Yeah. 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 There are pros and cons when it comes to being men and women as a trader because when women we are when we are too conservative, sometimes we miss out the good opportunities, you know what I'm saying? And then when men they tend to take more risk, so sometimes this might work towards their favor because the stock price goes up and then it they make a lot of money because they yeah. take a lot of risk. So there are pros and cons of it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have siblings mm-hmm. that are into trading as well? Yeah, I have an older brother who is he's a software engineer, so yeah. He, Dabbles in the trading once in a while. 
Okay, yeah. So you mm-hmm. chat with him about your ideas sometimes? We we were gamers before we become we became traders. So every time we meet, we just talk about gaming. So okay. only, <laughs> yeah, only once in a while we talk about trading. So gaming yeah. is still our number one topic to talk about. Yeah. Mm. So you, you've definitely got a, um, a thing for, uh, well, sort of adrenaline-based <laughs> activities, you know, um, because trading <laughs> yeah. is like a video game, can't it? Yeah. yeah. Guys, just a brief reminder here. When you sign up to Yield Nodes through my link, instead of the usual minimum deposit of 500 euros, you can make a start with just 50 euros. Type in yieldnodes.com slash a trader's life, or you can find the link in the show notes. Just take a look. If you're excited by the innovations in fintech, I think you'll be seriously impressed. Where do you think your next steps are with this? Um, you know, obviously you're happy enough trading from home for a while and as you said it gets a little bit boring sometimes so do you think yeah. develop your youtube channel in some way uh, reach out to more people set up perhaps some kind of small group of traders what are your plans mm-hmm. i actually stopped teaching in singapore back in 2019 because okay. i want to cut i want to i want to cut down on my teaching because it takes time away from my trading Because yeah. teaching is very time-consuming, it takes a whole week to prepare the slides. So yeah. I try to cut down on teaching. I also used to do personal coaching, but then I, it again, it takes time away from my trading. So I just remove all those completely. And I just focus on being a full-time trader as much as I can. And for the future plans, honestly, with the pandemic, everything is quite unpredictable. Yeah, I really hope to go back to giving keynotes, you know, in conferences and all that. I miss meeting people and talking yeah. to them face to face. Because teaching on YouTube, I only see my camera and, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's it. And then I only see my microphone and then that's it. So yeah. I really hope to go back to doing live events. Other than that, I hope to continue growing my YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. And basically, that's just it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you have you found over the last few months or even the last couple of years that your training has become more consistent and you're better able to deal with setbacks? Yeah, totally. Because I, I want to tell one thing is that when I first started out trading in my first year, I still remember if I lose $50, I would like be like so angry and then so sad. It's like emotional roller coaster. But then Two weeks ago, I lost $500 USD. And then I was just like, I was surprised because I was just like, okay, all right. Um, yeah. Let's just move on. Just move on. <laughs> and I was surprised because back then I was angry and sad, depressed at the same time. Sometimes I'll cry. It's just really crazy. Really crazy. It's just $50. But then now I lose $500 and I'm like, okay. So it takes a lot of years to get used to it. It's not overnight, but If you give it some time and patience, you're going to get used to it. Yeah, that's very true, isn't it? We all, I think, all trade work towards that kind of emotional balance whereby mm-hmm. you know, even big wins and big losses don't rock us as the way they would have done when we first started. Yeah. Yep. Important, really, because otherwise you, uh, you can make stupid mistakes when you're doing really well. And uh, yeah. you get angry, that doesn't help either. So. Yeah, sure. So one very important advice for new traders is give it 
time and patience. There are way too many social media videos. I don't want to mention which one. There's way too many content on social media that promotes fast riches. And then you can do it easily. You can do it really fast. You can get there really fast. Then you can achieve the millionaire lifestyle. I mean, yes, it's possible, but it's not as fast as what most people preach. And it's going to take a lot of early mornings, late nights, patience, hard work, tons of hours of learning, tons of hours of failing, feeling like giving up before you get there. I did not get here overnight. It took me more than five years, I would say, to be conservative, eight to 10 years to get there with many different mentors, reading so many books, as well as talking to so many successful traders, learning from them, learning from my own mistakes, learning from other people's mistakes. So it took years and years, okay? So just give it some time. Give it at least three years to be conservative. And if you believe in yourself continuously, you'll get there eventually. Cool. Well, thanks, Karen. Um, I'll let you get on with your day or what's left of it. All right, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Nicholas. Karen Fu, thanks for listening and don't forget to check out the Yield Nodes proposition by my link in the show notes. I think you'll find this quite a unique way of making a very handsome return without the high risk of most crypto coins. Bye for now.